How's it? This week we're joined by Erin Kano Uehara of Chocolea. Their mission is to bring peace to our world one chocolate at a time. A maker of handmade gourmet chocolate, Erin and I chat about her business, how they adjusted to COVID, and how her faith plays a part of her company culture. I'm not a sweets guy, but I have to say that their stuff is super ono. Please subscribe, rate, and donate. Mahalo for joining us as we come to you from On The Rock. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Nate? <laughs> so how did your, uh, how did your um, uh, chocolate, you had a chocolate distribution this afternoon, right? How did that go? It was good. It was, I just kind of touched up really fast and <laughs> jumped on the computer because there was a lot of exercise. Um, yeah, it's good, but we're thankful. There's actually a fire actually happening right in Manoa right now. Too, yeah. So might... it was a little tense this afternoon, but. but yeah. People right were... outside my, my apartment door, I can see that, that ridge. So oh, yeah. about, I guess it was about a little before lunch. I was kind of cruising, doing work, and I was like, it smells like smoke. Like something's oh, yeah. burning. And then I, I kind of it started getting stronger. So I peeked out the window and sure enough, or peeked out my mm. front door and sure enough, the, the, I could see all the smoke. But yeah, uh, thankfully, you guys yeah. are okay, right? It's not, it looks close, but it's not that, that close, right, to you guys? It's not that close, but we are, we're just hanging tight, praying for the power to stay on. Oh yeah, that's 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 the really nerve wracking part for us. If it's still far away, that's the part that can still affect us. So. Oh okay, yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But okay, so simple protocol I usually do. So name, where you okay. from, and since really we don't really know each other that well, we'll go with no. the easy one. Like, um, what high school <laughs> you went to? We'll go with that. All right. That's the okay. standard Hawaii stuff. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, Nate. Yeah, Erin Connell is my maiden name. Uehara from Mililani, Mililani High School. <laughs> oh, you went to Mililani High School? Yeah. <laughs> I won't and ask what yeah. year, because I'm guessing you're, you're younger than me, but I, I don't know that many people from Mills. You know, I don't know that many people from Mills. But, um, and then what, t tell us, give us the intro to your company. What do you guys do? Yeah, so um, I own Chocolea. It is a chocolate company on a mission of bringing peace to our world one chocolate at a time. So that is what we are doing. And we actually make all of our chocolates right here in Manoa, right behind our store. Everything is made fresh and we specialize in truffles. So we do a lot of really unique flavors that people um, don't have anywhere else in the world that's really exciting for us to share and take a lot of pride in here in Hawaii. And then it's, um, we also have like chocolate covered macadamia nuts and all these year round specials so that people can take on their trips or party favors. Well, pre-COVID, pre lots pre of different things, you <laughs> yeah, know, we yeah. exporting, wholesale, catering, the whole work. So, um, but, you know, really, really just a local small business that's on a, has a really big mission. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that one person, one chocolate at a time. So nice. What, when did you guys start? What year? When, how long has it been? So right now we're celebrating six years because we opened this uh, brick and mortar store in 2014. Okay. So we go off of that year, but we actually registered the business in 2010. 
My okay. uncle Collins Kawai registered the business, and his wife Joan Kawai, and okay. I learned from them how to make chocolates. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's because I. Okay. So I I went on your. I usually do a little background stalking. <laughs> so I did go to your 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 website, and I was looking at your about about you guys, and then it said that you kind of just learned from like a a, a long lost relative, right? You reconnected yeah. with somebody and started learning how to make chocolates, like. What did you want to do? What were you doing before you got the chocolate bug, I guess? Oh, actually, yeah. So before I was an elementary, elementary school teacher. And then I was a dance instructor. had my own business doing like hip hop, jazz, lyrical dance. Um, and was really happy doing that, actually. So that was what I was doing full time. Just like the thing says, I, I heard of a guy giving away chocolate samples and it was my friend said she knows how much I love chocolate. She said this guy's chocolate is the best. So it was actually at an expo planning a wedding, and I kind of just stopped the wedding plans, went to go find this guy, talk story, eat his chocolate samples while we talk story. And then it's Hawaii, right? So we're going doing that. Where are you from? Yeah. You know, where did you grow up? And my mom was with me at the time, and she's putting two and two together, and she's like, "Wait a minute!" And they're cousins, and my uncle's dad and my grandma grew up like playing on the streets of Maui together okay but then the, the very next generation never met each other because we oh, got wow. separated on Oahu and Maui so that's kind of where that oh we're related you know we're like relatives and so we're just kind of catching up and he's like oh would you want to learn how to make chocolates because that's what he was doing and I was like not really like but I like to eat them so <laughs> <laughs> well I was that's like, the key you gotta like what you're gonna eat right I mean so, but I really just wanted to get to know this uncle that was like, well, what's the odds, you know? So I said, oh, uh, I, I would like to hang out, you know? And, and my um, fiance at the time, my now husband was like, oh, it'd be cool. Let's just go and learn. You know, they didn't have any kids. So him and his wife said, why don't you just come over on the weekends? We would go over on the weekends. We would make chocolate with them in their house and they would just teach us this craft that they did for like 12 years in their home, kind of just did it as a hobby and then it built into something where he started giving it away to people, you know, started doing like friends weddings and that kind of thing. And so it was really the relationship that brought us together. And but make cho making chocolate is hard. So, <laughs> you know, I slowly learned to love it, but more so it was seeing the joy that chocolate brings people is why I would, I would really do it. Yeah. But I, I'm not really you know, like I'm not really fast and naturally skilled at doing things like with my hands and stuff. So it was really a, a challenge for me to learn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, my buddy, Jimmy Chan, I think, you know, from the, yeah. the Hawaiian Chip Company. So yep. we grew up together. I actually was like, that was like the first job I ever had when I moved back was helping him at his shop. Like I was one of yeah. the workers. So you got a taste test all day, right? You're cooking chips. Yeah. Well, for the chips, I had to taste, like, you got to cook them and then you got to make sure it tastes okay. How often are you eating little bits of chocolate as you guys are making? Is it pretty often? Pretty often. Yes, pretty often. <laughs> um, I, I, people are like, are you sick of chocolate? I'm like, no, I'm not really sick of chocolate. I, cause I love, you know, I love our product and it's, it's fun to tell people about it. So yeah. I do like taste testing videos yeah. like almost every week. Um, we check for quality. We really yeah. do. Well, <laughs> it's a like, different nah. kind of eating. <laughs> it's a different kind of eating when you're doing it 
like when we were tasting the chips because just it was more of a quality thing so you're not like eating it you're enjoying it it's good but you're just making mm-hmm. sure you also are looking for other things so you're you're not just eating it out of pure joy so you, you don't get too sick but <laughs> that's an interesting story i mean like so how did it go from okay uncle auntie's house learning how to make it to actually being like I- i'm gonna stand this thing up and like really see what i can do with with it as a as a company and six years is a short time you guys are pretty you know well known you guys a lot of people know your products six years is not that long to get it from zero to you know where you guys are so how did you how did you guys how did what made you take that leap i guess from uncle auntie's kitchen to setting up a brick and mortar shop in manoa Yeah, my uncle and auntie were kind of just, they never really wanted to do this as a full-time business. They had full-time jobs. Um, Neither did I. Um, It wasn't the plan. It was something that we were just getting good at. We were learning and it was fun to do it for family and friends. And um, for me, it's kind of a crazy story because it's God in in my walk, in my faith, put it on my heart that I want you to do this as a business which I was like, no, thank you, because I know nothing about retail. I know nothing about running a business. Um, And I was very happy in my job because I was teaching like hundreds of kids dance. And it's so much fun to teach dance to kids, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I kind of pushed it off for a few months, kind of brushed it on the side and was like, I don't even know how that's possible. I'm finally making, you know, I worked really hard to build up this dance business and I was making good money at the time. Finally, I felt like I finally knew what I was doing and getting, you know, more gigs and um, just it, it was too much out of my comfort zone. But something about just recognizing God's voice and knowing when he's prompting me, like, just be obedient and do this. And I remember crying and like telling my husband, like, uh, I think God wants me to start this Chocolea business and like open it as a store and quit my full-time job and put all of our money into opening a store and like probably hiring real people and having a staff. <laughs> and it, it, it was honestly something I struggled with for a while. Um, and then when I finally made that decision to take that leap of faith, things started to really confirm that that was the right decision. So um, I was looking for a commercial kitchen, you know, place to to um, have have our kitchen so it was outside of our home. And mm-hmm. I was going around and applying at all these different places, really grungy places, really like out, out of out of the way places, but it was all I could afford. And mm-hmm. I was getting rejected like everywhere. So I was like, how is this the plan? You know, but <laughs> God gave me a vision of a white picket fence. So I said, well, if you want this, you better help me. So I jumped in my car and I drove around Oahu looking for a white picket fence. Um, and there's not that many for commercial properties, uh-huh. but I stumbled across this fence in Manoa and I got out of my car and I started walking around the building and like looking at it and seeing if there was any space available, talking to the property manager. And then um, there was actually a dress shop here and the lady that was in here, I don't know if you know Linda Sugihara, Town no, Country I Surf. Don't. Uh, oh, okay, Linda. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she had a dress shop over here. It was closed, and I was like just being a stalker in the window and like like looking at the dark because I was like, oh, this building is so cool, you know. And does it have commercial space? 
And then she saw me, she's like, come in, come in. And so I said, hey, I just, you know, checking out the neighborhood. We started talking story and she's like, oh man, this space is too big and the rent's really high. And so I was like, oh, wow. I know this sounds crazy, but you want to split the space? And I was thinking of like starting a kitchen over here and making chocolates. So we ended up subcontracting, splitting this space. And then very soon after she retired and said, I'm, I want to move out. Do you want this, the front space? And for me, that's like double rent. So it's, that was the leap of faith to say, okay, I guess we got to take the whole space and either open a store yeah. or we, you know, move out or we can quit this whole thing. Um, but the, the way that things kept unfolding, I knew it was like God telling me, okay, here's the next step. Here's the next step. Every time I took like a little step in faith and obedience. Um, and, and then we got the shop and that's when people started coming from like Japan. We were in like magazines and I, I don't even know how we got in or, you know, who was taking these photos where they would just start showing up and it would be, and so it was like, Oh, okay. We're a store. So we did it, you know, a few days and then kept adding on and on and hiring staff and trying to figure it out. So it's been um, kind of like how it feels now. Like you're figuring it out as you go. Yeah. And it's been evolving every every single year but very fast <laughs> gotcha and 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 you know you you've mentioned it already but your faith is a big part of of your business as well right so how do you mm-hmm. for you guys how are you guys kind of intertwining your your company mission along with your own personal mission or is it even separate things are they is it just all one together yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I, I love talking about this kind of stuff because it's over time, I'm starting to see how things are connecting because it, it's not a crystal clear path like that. You know, I was just taking one step of faith, one step of faith, but my uncle came up with the mission statement. So the mission statement is bringing peace to our world, one chocolate at a time. And for him, he was looking at it as for all the chocolates he could make, he would sell or give away so that he could make a little bit of extra money to donate it all to different nonprofit organizations. Mm. So that was his way of bringing peace to our world. When I adopted it, I really felt that it was kind of like God telling me, you're going to bring my peace to the world one chocolate at a time. So you're going to bring people the peace that I feel like, how come I can do these kinds of crazy looking entrepreneurial things or take these leaps of faith or how can I, you know, trust something that's so much bigger than me and out of my capabilities to teach people that, to teach people how to feel loved, how to find joy through God and not, um, not through other ways, but through him and the platform would be chocolate. Mm -hmm. So I kind of always knew that chocolate was a hook in, like it was a way to meet people and a way to make people happy temporarily, but it would also somehow reach them in a much deeper meaningful way to bring that peace in their life and so I really didn't know how I just kind of would pray over the chocolates as I make it pray that if it's that this person that is getting the chocolates is you know going through a hard time or battling health issues I prayed for healing for them I prayed that they find comfort that they could be surrounded by loved ones whatever it was I kind of would just do a blanket prayers over the chocolates. And that's kind of how it's, I would live the mission out um, for the, in the beginning, because it's, you know, still trying to figure out my way on what, what was the whole point of this business? Am I, what am I supposed to do with it? Um, But every year it kind of evolves 
in how that piece is getting to be shared and tough times right now for oh, sure yeah we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into what's going on <laughs> so, now but yeah i mean but i mean it sounds so, like it sounds like you really um and i think because it's a lot of handcrafted stuff right you guys are making these chocolates by hand all mm-hmm. that, all that aloha, all that love is going into the product. So when people take it, it's a very personal. When they eat it, it's a very personal, personal type of experience versus it being kind of mass, mass produced, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And you kind of mentioned it. So I did not read all of your blogs. I did read some <laughs> of them. It's a I lot noticed, of weeks we've been in this pandemic. Yeah, you, so you were talking about how I started this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, you basically started a blog, um, yeah. and at the at kind of at the beginning at lockdown uh, March, I think it was like mm-hmm. sometime in March you you started the 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 blog, and um, I, I'll I'll put your link in our in your in the description, but I encourage everybody to kind of read through it because it's very um, very honest, very straightforward. A very raw look at what you're going through as a business owner, person of faith, and then with with the whole COVID COVID situation in Hawaii. But let's talk about how has COVID, you know, changed things up for you guys, and and what what how's it changed your business? How's it changed your approach? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so let's dive into that. How has COVID impacted your business? Yeah, well, I'll start with the good. The that kind of evolving of the mission being bringing peace to our world one chocolate at a time. Well, when COVID hit, right, we lost like seventy percent of our business, and then within two days was a shutdown in Oahu. So then we lost hundred percent of our business. Hmm. So we basically had no chocolate. So I really struggled with. How do I live out the mission when there's no chocolate? Bringing peace to our world one chocolate at a time. Yeah. And so that's where that blog kind of came out was it was always something there, like another one of those like feelings of God wanting me to share even more um, and be even more outside of my comfort zone. So not only start a business and run it, but share my faith a lot more Mm -hmm. and how real and how hard it is as opposed to it trying to keep a, you know, strong, positive face and front all the time. Um, And so COVID broke me down. And I said, all right, here's the reality. This week, I'm feeling like loss. This week, I'm feeling exhausted. This week, I'm feeling a little bit of hope. This week, I'm feeling, um, you know, whatever. I started sharing those stories as a way to kind of morph the mission to be bringing peace to our world one chocolate story at a time they're basically all home everybody was you know like separated and it felt so disconnected all of a sudden that it was kind of the way that i felt like i could stay connected with whatever that circle was and give one lash um just here's the hope here's the peace that i've been actually trying to do all this whole time but maybe didn't have the courage to say um and i frankly didn't know if our business would survive so i was also like here's the emails to the the thousands of people that follow us now, I'm just going to put it all out there in case you're looking for hope and in case you're looking for peace. This is what, how I'm handling it. And this is how our company is, is keeping a positive outlook during this time and sending it out there through email. And the response from that was so 
humbling and overwhelming to see people's hearts just really open up to us connecting like person to person instead of business to customer. It really became like friend, chocolate friend to chocolate friend. Um, and, and so that's been the real positive impact um, that I feel like our company is making right now in the pandemic. On, on the financial side, totally sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can be frank. Um, you know? No, you can be, hey, hey, you've listened to a couple episodes. You can say whatever you want. You know, like there's no well, filter. We didn't plan. Like you said, there's no editing. There's no, no editing. planning. I have it's no just... idea what you're going to ask me. I have nope. nothing prepared. I have like your name on this piece of paper. <laughs> and, that's and that's about that all I did it. for yours. I, I Googled your name and I looked at your website. That's, that's how I do it. Um, no. So, I'm guessing you guys went for PPP. Mm-hmm. Got the yeah, PPP. Yeah, we, we went for everything. The one who all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just, just not we, enough, right? We were such a diverse company. I felt really diverse, but then I, it really made me realize how connected we are. Because, you know, I was like, all right, we're losing... Um, we're losing the foot traffic in the store, you know? So that's that's one thing, but then or I'm sorry, let me work backwards. We were losing the wholesale accounts. So like the hotels, the airlines, the big companies, and then there was the corporate companies, but then those guys bought for like corporate parties and their corporate clients and special events. And then we had special events and catering and all of that was stopping. And then there's export sales, anything that was going to Japan. Um, And we had just started in-house workshops. So that was kind of like, Oh, you know, hands-on yeah. health yeah. stuff. Um, we just made like a little cafe and started doing coffee and chocolates and we couldn't have that dine-in. So there was that. So we were like, okay, we basically have retail, but our retail was like 30% Japanese. So then we have locals, but the locals were buying for weddings, bridal showers, going on trips, omiyage sure. made in Hawaii. Um, and so it was down to like, local consumption and yeah. we never really thought of ourselves as a local consumption kind of company we were we always thought we were more of a gift company yeah so we really had to really had to look at do we want to keep trying with local consumption possibility or do we have to like you know what what do we do do we try and bank on the locals and we said yeah we'll just go for it and we'll see if locals feel like eating chocolate in a pandemic because i thought no nobody would eat chocolate in a pandemic i don't know why i just i thought everybody was gonna stay at home save their money and not eat anything or just buy basic groceries and that's it yeah 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 (laughs) but our community really showed up it's like just all the locals here on the island, even people that moved away to the mainland or neighbor islands, everybody reached out and was like, how are you guys doing? Um, how can we order? How can we get your chocolate? So, you know, we've been super, super lucky to have the, the local support. And we, we just cut down as many expenses as we could hmm. um, to, to get ourselves in this position to survive. Um, and, you know, that was tough. Like we lost our we um, closed down our commercial kitchen. So we had two. So we had to close down one. Um, we lost a lot of space. We, of course, lost a lot of staff um, and just everything. We had to go line by line through our books and look at, do we need that convenient marketing? Do we need that convenient, you know, multiple email? Sorry. Yeah. 
stripped it down and yeah. kind of like kept talking with other small businesses like Jimmy and, um, you know, in the community and talking to each other and saying, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What should we be doing? Um, what, what is working for everybody? And I, Hawaii has pulled together. I'm, I feel like there's a lot of support and there's a lot of really great people willing to share. Um, and so, you know, I'm really thankful for that. And hopefully like these, like your, your platform and your podcast and that kind of stuff is where I can learn from other people and where hopefully others are watching and tuning in. And maybe there's some like little nuggets for them to kind of keep pushing through. Cause that's the only way we got, we got to figure it out together, you know? Yeah. I think that's interesting how you broke down your approach and your, your, I guess for a lack of a better word, like your the makeup of your 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 income, right? And you kind of knew where everything was coming from, and you thought you were diverse, but when you look at it, <laughs> a lot of it was based on still based on tourism or based on some kind of event or you know something like that. It wasn't really that consumption. People aren't just going out to eat, you know, chocolates. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, they do. And I actually think in a pandemic you guys would actually be killing it more because there's more people who are going to be looking Oh, like i'm not a sweets guy so I'm, i go the opposite direction when i get bummed out i'm like <laughs> cracking open a bag of chips but yeah. um but i can i think there was a little bit of that for me where you're looking at it and you're going you gotta find something that makes you feel good and mm, for some yeah. people that's gonna be chocolate and I think there are more people, I think there's still a lot of people who were working. So enough mm-hmm. out there to, to support some, some businesses, not enough to support all, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. cause we're seeing a bunch close down, but enough to support some, and especially the ones that have a community feel like you guys, I think. And like Jimmy, Jimmy's mm-hmm. the same way, right? He has, he's built like a, a community of people who seek his chips out. And, you know, like, I think yeah. if you guys build businesses build those communities um when stuff like this happens the, that they'll come out and support because they want to make sure you guys survive yeah um yeah. what's yeah. okay so what's what was one of the big things that you guys tactically did where you went like okay we gotta do this in order to shift our business to be able to like actually survive or have a shot at surviving yeah i mean I think the biggest shift for us was a mental shift. Okay. So, you know, it was really, um, I, I basically talked to everybody and said, hey, we don't know where this is going, but there's two things I know. We are going to still fulfill the mission and we're going to do it following our values, but it might totally change. I said, I have no idea if it's going to even be chocolate because if nobody buys chocolate, what do we do? I don't know if it's going to be retail. I don't know if we're going to have a store. I don't know if we're going to start shipping. I don't know if we're going to start, you know, like it, it was a real shift to just say whatever we knew, we can't compare and be like, well, this will wait, this will come back or, oh, but that always worked. Or I'm in the marketing department and I'm in the production department. It had to be a, we're going to come in through this together. And so I kind of told everybody what it is, is I'm looking for CEOs. That's it. Like it's, and it stood for chocolate, everything officer. So it means you're down to package. You're down to answer the phone. You're down to learn how to make chocolate. You're down for whatever. Um, 
and you can afford a risk in being a small business, you know, just being straight up and saying, if this is a season in your life, when you want to do this, or if you want to move, or you want to, or you got it, or a bunch of us are parents. So now we were, our kids were coming home yeah. and we had to stay home with our kids. It really, some people didn't have a choice, um, you know, because of the kid situation or taking care of elderly or whatever it was. So it really was everybody stopping and looking at what do you need to do? And if you want to be a part of this, then this is how we're going to go at it. We're going to work at it together. We're going to be straight up honest. We're going to say, we don't really know, but we're going to try. And we're going to just stick to the mission, the values. That's it. We'll try curbside. What is that? I don't know. Let's just see if, you know, oh, okay, there's a lot of cars coming. Do we just, do we run out to the car? Where do they go? Like there was so many, that was our big like change was running to cars mm. once a week instead of being an open store that's very cute that you could come in and customize everything you want. And we'll talk story with you for a long time, six days a week. Yeah. And now it's <laughs> curbside pickup, online shopping one day a week. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I just have amazing people and they're like, yeah, let's, we're down, let's try it. Um, but, but it is a mental shift for all of us to just be like, okay, this is the way that we're allowed to do it. This is the way that's the safest for everybody right now. Um, and so and not even within the chocolate family, but all of our chocolate friends, I really had to spend time uh, helping especially elderly to adjust to this new way of shopping. So we've mm. been trying videos, walkthroughs, daily voicemails. We explain to them what online shopping is. They're buying smartphones. They're even asking us about the smartphone. They're practicing texting to us. It's, it's like, you know, and, and I'm not even an online shopper before this. So I'm like, I get yeah. it. I, you yeah. know, I miss touching everything inside. <laughs> <laughs> so it, every, every single change, I think the biggest change is having to just change your mindset to not be like, no, but I only shop in person or no, I'm, I don't know how to, um, I want to get out and I want to see, you know, so how yeah. can we make the things that are important somehow they're in a different format. So how can we make people feel special and feel heard if we can't talk to them for 15 minutes anymore so what so, does that you know, look we, like now for you guys is it just a lot of phone calls like a lot of zoom calls with customers and walking them through <laughs> stuff you know like i mean i i don't know because like i think one yeah. of my questions with to you would be your your what what is retail gonna look like especially for small businesses you know like I think it's bull. Sorry, I think it's bullshit that like big box stores got to stay open, but small businesses had to close. So it changes the game for you guys as small business retail. So what do you think, you guys? What what is it going to look like for you guys going forward? I mean, you know, what I what think, what, yeah. what what what's next for retail for you guys? And, and you know that's funny because I always identified more with the retail side and said mm -hmm. we're a retail store. And then when they were saying retail has to shut down, I, I realized, wait a minute, we're, we're food manufacturing actually, because we pay for health food permits. We go through the same inspections as restaurants. We make everything here. We have the same placards or part of the food manufacturing association, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just like, it's easier to just be like, Oh, yeah. Or my mindset was always, Oh, we're a retail store. store, a retail yeah, store. store. Yeah. And a lot of people were telling me you're not closing your essential. And I was like, no, essential you know but when when our friends kept saying you're essential 
your food. I need to eat chocolate. <laughs> I started to just realize, oh yeah, actually we are food. Like we follow all of those same things. So um, kind of like how the the restaurants had sh- have shifted. So they started bringing in fresh produce, doing cook your, your home, you know, bringing the market into their restaurant. I think that's how we kind of looked at it too, as we went from pretty perfect customized packaging to just making the chocolate and how can we package it quick quicker for consumption and enjoyment at home versus making it perfect for you to give to somebody and go to an event. So that's the shift right now for us is really going from specialty to enjoyment um, consumption. As far as the store and the future, um, there's so much cost associated with just opening and having limitations and spending a lot of time on cleaning. So I don't, we ha- we've ha- had the opportunity to open our store, but we haven't yet. We're, fi- we're finding that the situation has forced us to operate differently and some things about that is actually good. Um, like we can produce more when our store is closed and we can do a smaller menu because we had a very massive yeah, menu. Yeah, I've, I've walked in there and... Like it, it was, I've, I've been into your store a couple of times and it, I like, again, I'm not a sweets person. So <laughs> it was overwhelming for me. I was like, holy smokes. I don't, I, I don't know. It's not for me. I just picking up some chocolate for somebody, what, whatever is good, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So you guys tr- shrunk your menu, which makes you guys more efficient, right? Right, right. And, and we found that people like that. I guess it is overwhelming. I mean, those are kind of comments you hear, but you're just really busy and there's so many comments that you just keep operating, Mm. you know, and you rarely take the time to really sit back and be like, what are those one or two comments? You listen to when a lot of the same thing is said, but you don't really ponder too long on the the one or two comments sometimes. I think for for me, like when when we were shut down and we had this time, to kind of think what's next, what's the business. It really went back to, well, what do, what do people want? Because I think the packaging is nice and I like this product and I think they would like this, but let's stop and just see what do people need in a, in a pandemic? And they are like, we just want this product over and over again. I was like, well, you don't want the variety. You don't want the this and that. And you know, what, hearing people say, no, I just want this one every week because then it's gone. I need it again. And I was like, wow, you know, so it really is about like, just it's a different time yeah. for not only us, but for the, our friends too. So what do they need during this time? Let's try and be that for them. And because we're so small, that is a benefit for us. We can quickly change. Um, you know, I mean, we're stuck with a lot of inventory and other things that we bought like ahead of time. So oh, for like a, the packaging, the packaging of, inventory. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah but that, luckily so that stuff things. doesn't rot. It doesn't rot. It just takes up space. Yeah, but yeah, there's it takes up space. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but space. then you don't have retail now, so you can just throw it in the front, like make it all messy. Well, That's what we used to do. Yeah, <laughs> no. So those are the things we're trying to figure out because I'm like, oh, holding on to the pretty store. I love the pretty store. And this refrigerator, as you can see it behind me, it's like we just moved this into the pretty store because <laughs> I had to change my mindset. Like, what's more important, space? production you know getting the chocolate into the hands of people or having this really cute shop that nobody sees yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah 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 
<laughs> no, it's funny because I'm finding so a common theme, like as I talk to people like you and other small business people, it's like the ones that are seem to be doing okay are like you where they're they're looking at the problem and going like, well, and come and fit, let's figure it out and let's, let's you know, change versus mm-hmm. trying to do the same thing and just trying to make it work there you guys are actually changing your business and and trying to to adjust to what current needs are yeah i don't know i mean i have a feeling this thing is going to keep on going we're we're coming hopefully coming out of a lockdown but who knows <laughs> as soon as people start arriving again it could you know it could go back up i i don't know but yeah. i think i think for you guys i'm super impressed that um how fast you and a lot of other companies have shifted. I I didn't get in on the Hibiki. You guys had that <laughs> Hibiki pack. I was I was super bummed because I, I think I caught it later. I didn't see it or for whatever reason because I found about it, found out about it later. But what what were you guys? How do you? So that's a interesting product to me. But tell me about that <laughs> and how did that come about? So and what was in there? Because I just saw a post and I was like, oh shit, I missed. I missed it. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, would, I probably wouldn't have eaten the chocolates, but I would have enjoyed the whiskey for sure. But like, yeah. what else? Talk about that, and maybe a couple other things that were different that you guys tried to try to roll out. Yeah, no, I I love that because that that one has a whole story just for this pandemic. Like, we've always done, um, well, we've we've done liqueur and chocolate in our truffles. Um, whiskey started when a guy walked in the shop and said, how come you don't have whiskey chocolates? Where's the stuff for the guys? And I was like, what is whiskey chocolate? And he's like, here, he walked in with a bottle of Macau and said, try this, you know, that was years ago. And that's when I, um, realized, oh, whiskey and chocolate is something great for father's day and something that I noticed a lot of our, our male customers really loved. Um, and so every year when I went to Japan, I would go on hunts for what are the whiskeys that everybody likes and what everyone's talking about. And it was always that Yamazaki 12 the Hibiki, the Suntories, you know, yeah. all that. And so that became something that we did. When I found the bottle, we would make the, the whiskey truffles. Um, and then during this time, it, I didn't get to go to the three Japan trips we had for this year. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, that's not happening. Um, wasn't thinking anything of it. But I, I wrote a blog about something that touched one person that was reading it. And he contacted me and said, hey, I want to give you a bottle of whiskey. And it was a Yamazaki 12. And I was like, what? That's really expensive and really rare. Um, But he and his friends in like a little whiskey club, I guess they were talking about, oh, remember when Chocolat used to make these whiskey truffles? And they said, yeah, yeah, you should give up your bottle to them. So they did like a dare. Oh, some Mililani people that said like, (laughs) oh, just give it to the Mililani girl that, you know. So he... He gave us, um, he gave me a bottle and then it started this chain reaction. So then another guy in the club donated his bottle of like Hibiki. And so then he's, that guy was like, oh shoot, you should just make a Suntory set, which I've never done before because I never had three bottles at once before. Mm. And so he gave me the Hakushu 12. And so we got these three amazing bottles of whiskey. um, And I said, wow, this is perfect because it was June that's usually when I like to do something special for all the guys. We made those truffles. It's sold like crazy. And I started, a, I wrote a blog about kindness because 
we saw that kind of come up in people for no reason. They wouldn't, they didn't want money. They didn't want recognition. They didn't want anything. They said, we just want to support your business. We want to, we love what you're doing and want you to keep going. Well, that happened and people loved it and we used up the bottles. And so another guy popped up and said, hey, I want to come drop off a couple bottles for you because he had some too. So then he dropped off Hakushu, Hibiki, another guy saw that we had two and I posted, thank you for these bottles. And that guy noticed, hey, one's missing. So another guy called and said, I want to give you that third bottle to make another Suntory set. (laughs) And so we did it again. Yeah, so that's... (laughs) Like how, like, it was all from this generosity, like random local guys that were just wanting to help um, and doing it off of a memory. Like, oh, I remember when they did one and then they made it a set. And, and that kind of aloha spirit is really what gets, you know, us all pumped up. Like, yes, let's do it. You know, we'll make it for everybody. You know, we'll offer it. And, and it's such a good story, but it's real. Really what's happening if you look for those gems um, and you... And you just take it and run with it instead of doing what was your plan A. And, and, and that's how the Suntory came. And, and kind of just even like our other chocolates, I'm like with my kids at home trying to figure out how to, what do I do with them, homeschooling them. Then, you know, then now it's distance learning and coming into work and having less time to, to work and, you know, bagging product after product and stickering product after product and doing a lot of really intense little labor. And I got tired one night and I said, well, why don't somebody just buy it off the pan like this? You know, so I kind of jokingly posted, would you guys just eat this like this? Because I'm tired, you know, (laughs) I just want to skip this whole process and give you the whole sheet pan of chocolate. And And a whole bunch of people said, yes, 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 yes. And I thought it was a joke. So I kind of DMs all those people that responded and be like, are you for real? Would you want to buy it like this? So I said, let's do a test group since you guys all answered me. Come come, get this and try it and let me know what you think. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And that's how we came up with this bulk crunch product. It's like a $100 chocolate bar, which is basically <laughs> straight off of the pan. Nice. Made in the kitchen. And then I put in like saran wrap, shrink wrap. <laughs> and, and, I, and I really like, it's hard for me to do that because I kept telling my team like, should we put a bow? Should we decorate this? <laughs> How do we make this look pretty? So it's really out of my comfort zone. And they and they said, no, just give it to us like that. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. I was like, don't even fit in our bags. That <laughs> reminds me bag. of, I, it, like, so I'm from Hilo. So mm-hmm. I remember Big yeah. Island candies before they were Big Island candies. And yeah, they used yeah. to do the chocolate in the bento box. Yeah, so it, yeah. They would just pour the chocolate into like the bento container and fill up the bottom, and then when it hardens, they just put the lid on, and that's what you buy. And that, so, I mean, but that's when I used to eat their chocolate because it was just the chocolate. And then they came yeah. out with the cookie, and that the rest is history. But um, yeah, that's interesting. So it sounds like I mean, while definitely challenging, of course, financial pains through COVID. It seems like you got like all these little nuggets of awesome stories and things that have been happening that's got to give you a lot of um, optimism and hope going forward, right? I think, yeah. I mean, we're, we have to look for it, though, because it's okay. a choice, right? Like if I look for the bad, I can tell you I can tell you for hours all the, the, the challenges, right? Yeah. But we're, it's not going to do any good. And we have to 
decide not only for ourselves, but I feel like it's a responsibility as a as a business in the community to keep the to to push on the whole community and be like give them some faith like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it you guys we're gonna get through this I know we all we can do is like if this makes you happy for a little bit right now kind of like um I started throwing in like little notes in the bags like hey we're gonna get through this or posting stuff up in the window that says hi walking neighbors just little things because we just all kind of have to do that so that throughout the day there's different things throughout the day that get us through to the next day you know so I feel like if we just do whatever we can um, and in our own in our own capacity we'll somehow keep pushing each other along and and that's the whole thing right we want we want to bring everybody through this not just um, the strong survive or whatever but we really want the whole world pretty much it's not even just this is so huge this is like connecting or we hope something like this the only the good that could come out of it is connecting people bringing people together from around the world because we're all going through something that we can um, relate to and kind of find talking grounds to start things from you know so you know Hawaii is really good at that like you said what high school you went to what island yeah. from yeah where, where you like yeah. go eat and then we're connected you know so yeah. we have that great privilege in Hawaii so um, but we just gotta do that you know more more than we usually do <laughs> do you think um, Chocolea is as we're opening up I mean we're we're recording. This is for next week, but we're recording on the twenty fourth, which is the day everything opens. <laughs> Woo! Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but um, do you think Chocolea's position? You've done everything you can to position yourself. Do you think Chocolea is actually going to be stronger coming out now that we might have visitors coming in a couple weeks? People will be out and about a little more. Where do you feel? Do you, how do you, how's your feeling about your company right now? I feel financially, we are not stronger. Financially, we're, it feels like year one all over again. So we basically are stripped back down, real minimal, surviving week to week with curbsides, you know, um, doing all right, much better than some businesses are. But financially, no, we are not stronger. I think it depends on the definition. Like going back to just mentally yes because i think we are we're learning from all the hardships and the things that we are going through like what's important how do we work from home how do we be flexible how do we take care how do we pay more attention to um, the sensitive needs of people around us like those that are maybe caring for people or some people are are, our chocolate friends work in the hospitals you know there's just different we're more aware of who we serve and who we are as a, as a team that we are stronger. And I, but for what, I don't know, like, are we going to be a bigger, if that's the definition, maybe not, we might not actually be as big as we were before, but we feel really solid right now in terms of we put everything on the table. How do we feel? (laughs) What's important to us? What are our non-negotiables? What are the things that we really value? Hey, we, you know, people are finding the joy in this right now with our chocolates. Let's, let's stop with that. Let's kind of sit in that for a while and figure out why, how do you keep doing that? Because pandemic or no pandemic, we all have struggles past this, yeah. you know? So how do we keep serving that mission and serving people past the pandemic? So we're not really looking at it in terms of, 
oh, when coronavirus is gone, then we'll just go back to normal. Or when coronavirus is gone, we'll just grab our old accounts again. But we're really just looking at like, what do we really want to do? Where's the most meaning for us in our work and the greatest result for something greater than just um, the finances? So, and, and at the same time, staying afloat as a business by looking at what are the necessary finances that we need to make? What can we strip down? How can we be more profitable? But how can we still stay focused again on that mission and everything? So I do feel like we are growing stronger because every hard year that we've had or every mistake that I've made in this business has made me a little bit smarter. I like to think, but it's never the good ones. You know, the good ones are like, was like, woohoo. And so something knocks you down and you're like, oh yeah, humility. That's right. Well, what was like, uh, okay, prior to COVID, what was the biggest mis- or biggest thing that you guys ever did where you was like, oh, Oh crap! <laughs> There's so many. Oh. No, but that's oh. good stuff. That's the part about I, that being... is the good stuff. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a, I have a theory that like kids nowadays, and and I'm kind of been working in the youth field for a few years. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them Thank come you for your service there. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun because, but I feel like there's so many so many bumpers and guardrails around kids to not fail like we, mm-hmm. we we want them to be so successful and we guard them from these failures and but for me growing up like that was how i learned like the stove is hot ouch yeah the stove <laughs> is hot like i won't touch yeah. the stove again you know like you know so what was like one of the biggest, some of the, like, give me a good one, like a funny story <laughs> where you guys, you kind of messed up, at, but it turned out to be a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody gives me too much credit. I know one really fast. I accidentally added a zero to something. So I put in an order. I kept thinking, <laughs> I kept thinking I was ordering a thousand bags. And repeatedly, I was writing 10,000 or signing off on things that said 10,000, like bills, <laughs> quantities, manufacturing for packaging. And I was like, yeah, 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 10,000. Yep, 10,000. And I don't know, I didn't think anything. And all of a sudden, these guys came with like pallets of stuff. And I didn't even know how big a pallet was. They were like, oh, you have room for the bags? I was like, yeah. And they're like, couple pallets. I was like, Oh, yeah, that's fine. Because I didn't want to sound dumb. Like, I was like, what is a pallet? Um, and so they they showed up. And I literally was like, what, what, what? Like, I couldn't, I was like, I, you can't leave. That. How is that here? And they're like, oh, we got like pallets of these coming. And I was like, how come? And they're like, you ordered 10,000 bags. I was like, no, not 10,000, 1,000. So I, I went back and Oh, I remember I like pulled over on the side of the road and I cried. And then I started calling people frantically, like my mom, my husband. I was like, can we have part of your house to store some bags? Can we have part of your house to store some bags? And I just, and and I was hyperventilating. I remember, and I was freaking out. And then I had to humble myself to my team and be like, um, yes, I accidentally ordered 10,000 bags. Uh, and they're like, where's this going? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what were you planning to do with this? And I was like, I was planning on selling a thousand. So, and we could, we didn't even think we could sell. We weren't sure how long it would take us to sell a thousand cooler bags. Cause we, 
<laughs> so I remember sitting with them going, you guys, I, okay, I need your help. Okay, so I screwed up. It's supposed to be 1,000, it's 10,000. How do we get rid of these bags as fast as possible? And, and, and like, just <laughs> where are they going? So, you know, calling, calling family <laughs> and asking them to hold it. But <laughs> we came up with a promo and it was spend $42 and get a free cooler bag. Cause I was like, so freaked out. I was like, I don't even care. We need to get rid of these things. <laughs> um, and I don't, that promo just everybody's like started spending just a little bit more because everybody in the shop would just say, if you spend $42, you get a free cooler bag. <laughs> and it just bumped everybody up to $42. And we had this amazing year of the retail sales in the shop because everybody wanted a cooler bag and then like i'll see people carrying our cooler bags like in schools and then like whole foods and like i have and i was like oh my god no you have one of our i have bags. one i have one someplace <laughs> uh, it's the brown one right it's the brown yes, one with the white yes. yeah see i have one uh, i didn't buy yeah. okay again i didn't buy the 42 dollars, but somebody gave me something with your cooler bag so I, I do have one though. I have one of the ten thousand. I felt special, but yeah. now that I know it's not one of ten thousand, that's not that's not as as collectible as like one out of a thousand. <laughs> no, but that's I an awesome story. So many of those, but, but that's that that just shows that you guys knew your numbers, right? I mean, obviously, you know, people spend under forty two dollars. So if you kick them up a little bit and you give them a free bag people like free stuff you know they'll they'll do they'll spend the extra 10 bucks to get to a freebie uh that's I, not a problem we, it was yeah i don't know i just it's like how it is now it was really pulling people together and be like help help yeah i have a lot of stuff what do i do what do i do what do you guys think you know but it really humbled me as a um i think that's 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 probably a more serious big mistake is trying to act like okay, if I'm the boss and the owner, I need to have it together. I need to know everything. I need to be on top of everything. And I cannot make any mistakes because my whole team counts on me. But I, I learned that being myself is what they really want, you know, and being really honest and just saying, hey, can we talk through this together? Because I don't really, I want to hear your guys' ideas on how to, what would you do if you had 10,000 bags? Because we do. It's going in your section or your section or where, where, what do you guys want to do with this? Um, but that, you know, those kinds of things also bond us. It's like, I mean, we laugh about it now, but I remember crying about it. But we, we have those stories now that when we have another difficulty, we go, remember the time you ordered that? Da, 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 da. Okay, we'll figure this out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> remember the time when you messed up? And I'm like, which time? Yes, I know. <laughs> so you mentioned the leadership part and that's part of, you know, one of the reasons I started this thing was like, um, I felt when this whole pandemic started unfolding, it was we, the younger folks, us, we weren't getting asked for for our opinion. It, it was so because I think we do have good leaders. We do have good leaders like you in the community. Uh, everybody I'm trying to talk to is I feel has these leadership qualities, but. Uh, you're you're very um, values based, right? You're you're strong with your faith. You have these core values that are non-negotiable as far as how you run your business. How do you get your team to also buy into those values? Are you looking for that when you're 
putting your team together or is that something you're trying to teach them and instill with them if they don't have it when they come on board? I think both. I mean, I'm looking for it, but I always kind of had the mentality of if you're open and you're willing, they, this is where I stand. And if you are, if you want to be a part of something like this, then let's do this and I will help equip you with the skill sets and that kind of stuff or get whatever training or whatever those kinds of things. But I always felt like people brought something to the table if you really take the time to get to know each other. So it might not be like straight up if I just said, is your values bring peace to our world one chocolate at a time? Do you believe it? It's, it's not that simple, right? <laughs> yeah. It would yeah. be really about getting to know the person getting to ask them like, what was one of your proudest moments, those kinds of little things and talking stories. So we spent a significant amount of time um, getting to know each other. And that's kind of how we could feel the, oh, okay, we're aligned with this. And okay, so if you're really passionate in particular about this part of the, the work that we're doing, how can we make sure that you're using your skills and talents to do that, which will actually feed the bigger picture if we all do our parts together. And, you know, sometimes it works for a season and then people have their own goals and their own interests. And it's always kind of been like just different seasons. So it's like great that they came in at this point and now they're ready to leave. But yet at the same time, we equipped them with this experience and we gave each other our all. So they, you know, some that helped me with the 10,000 bag experience are not here. But they, we have that together and they can use that as a time that they remember they had the courage to speak up and share and then realize that their ideas were valued and their ideas were welcomed. And so, you know, like we're constantly learning from each other and it's not a requirement that people are exactly like me because I actually don't want them to be because we're, we're screwed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're well, I, so, I wasn't going to say that, but I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you in the fact that like, I don't want an echo chamber in my team, right? Like right. I, I, I want my team to be a diverse group that will also tell me like, Nate, you're right or you're wrong. You know, like it right. can't be the same opinion. So I, I, I see where you're, I don't think you're screwed if you have more people <laughs> like you, but it just makes it harder. It's it's a it's harder wow. to get to that place of true problem solving and 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 idea creation, right? When you're when it's just too much of the same. Um, that's awesome. I mean, I think I think it sounds like you know. I I guess I didn't really know how young your company was. I thought it was a little over older, but I guess it's about you know that's that's seems like you guys got it pretty well together and like that's pretty awesome um I, I, we're coming up on an hour i try to keep these short because i know you're busy uh, i know you got kids so i don't want to take up too much of your time but um what's next for chocolate sounds crazy but i'm gonna say whatever god's got planned which sounds really crazy but none of this was my plan I feel like, you know, it was always about sharing his peace, his joy, his love, um, and doing that in a way, whatever it is through this platform, it's been chocolate. So right now it seems to be a lot more through email and through blog than it is through the physical chocolates. Cause we're, you know, not able to make as much, but I feel like it's whatever the people need and it, 
what the people need is the same thing now as it was before, which is we're all looking for like love. We're all looking for something to make us happy or something to, you know, help us feel like we have our purpose in life or, you know, what are we here for? And so I feel like the direction of this company is going to continue in that path. And it, it's, I say it like that because people are looking for the answer of, are you going to expand? Are you going to mass produce? Are you going to da, da, da? And I've never felt confined to having to go just a strategic business plan way, but I've found so much more joy in being in this adventure and this journey um, together with God and with people of multiple skills and talents that come into my life in different points and have their own ideas too. And we kind of just share in our vision of what do we want in all for the, our lives and the company. And that's what we look at and that's the direction that we go. So if one thing in this season is making people happy and it's working, that's what we're going to do right now. And if it's not even to open a, a, our shop again, it might not be, but that's the log logical plan you know, to open the shop. But it really is to me like the sky is the limit because that that's what we started this for. And that's how we're going to keep going is just following God's lead, following the mission, following the values, and then taking care of people along the way. So, Right on. I mean, that's almost a perfect way to end our conversation. Can't, <laughs> can't sum that up any better than that. But um Again, so where where can everybody go and get your stuff? Why don't you drop your website, your <laughs> social? No, for real. I mean, not a lot of people listen to yeah. this, but there are a few. You know, and maybe some of the, the Continentals. I might... love listening to your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I like reading your yes. blog. I, I, I read two entries. I think I'll probably start. I probably will go back to the beginning. I read the most recent one. But now that I understand oh, right more, on. maybe I'll go and kind of read them to go through the progression but why don't you drop all the information you can right now so that people know where to buy your chocolate where to hit you up i'll find all you and all that kind of stuff sure thanks nate it's um chocolate.com so c-h-o-c-o-l-e-a.com um on the website is our blog page under stories so you can see everything posted there uh, we're super active on Instagram. So we're posting at least once a day. We're doing my stories, a lot of behind the scenes. And that's at Chocolea Hawaii, Hawaii spelled out. And then I post a lot on my personal Instagram, which is Aaron CK Uehara. And that's a lot more of the blend of being a mom, wife, friend, business owner, figuring out distance, learning, figuring out curbside, figuring out every, all the things and, oh, beach open, going to the beach. So <laughs> it's everything. We're just mixing life and <laughs> work is all one big picture. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> the life of a, a business owner. Believe me, I, I understand that, but uh, super appreciative of you spending some time and um, I'm, Hoping to see you again soon uh, in person yes, someday. Yes, I know. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't you, hang Nate. up yet, but take care yep. and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Nate. Bye. Bye.